0: Hey Lisa, how's it going? I'm living my best pandemic life. How are you doing? We are uh, I don't even know what day we're on or what week we're on or what month we're in. It's like this weird uh like twilight zone. I mean, do you feel like that? Like I really don't even know what day it is most of the most of
1: the time. Um of course I feel like that because yesterday you texted me and said uh, here are the questions for recording tomorrow, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I completely forgot what day of the week it is." Well, that's because I was walking the dog,
0: and I was like, "Oh, when are we doing the podcast?" And I, I kept thinking, I, "I had no idea." Like, I literally had to be like, "What, what, what day? Where, where are we?" Like, I really, I didn't even know if we were on the weekend, so I had to check my calendar. And then I was like, "Oh yes, tomorrow we do have uh, have the podcast." So yeah, it, it is really. I feel like I need to get into some sort of routine where something different happens every day, so I can mark the days somehow but I just haven't been able to do that yet so yeah so that's how how we're doing over here but we're you know we're we're getting along and um and and just living every day taking every day and and not looking much beyond beyond that day because we don't know you know we don't know what's What's in the future? Uh, we this since we last recorded our podcast, our governor in Maryland put us on a stay-at-home order, which doesn't make too much of a difference uh, for most of us because we've been doing pretty much that, and we can still go to the grocery store. We can still go to, uh, you know, out for essential functions, which include running and exercise. Uh, but um, you know, but it's been interesting to watch uh, the, and especially in our circles of friends and our networks as soon as the announcement was made, what was the first question that came out of everybody's mouth? Can we still run? And yeah. it interesting to watch, um, you know, the, the language of the order does permit exercise, but it is required to do it within the CDC social distancing guidelines. And the advice, and I think the, some of the interpretation has been that you do, you can go outside and exercise as long as you're alone or with only with immediate family members or anyone you're, uh, right now quarantined with, or, you know, is in your same household. And so it's just been interesting to me to watch, uh, people try to, um, really parse apart and break apart the, the order and get into, you know, maybe loopholes or figure out, uh, you know, does this mean I can't drive to a trail to, to run? And while I think technically it doesn't in the, by the text of the order, you are allowed to go out if you're alone, and you go out to run, and you drive there. Then it doesn't sound like it it is, but I would think at least. And I just saw something um, just today, actually, on the Montgomery County Parks Facebook page. They a- actually asked people not to run on the Capitol Crescent Trail or one other popular trail. I forget which one it was because I think what's happening is people are still driving to these places to run, and then they're very crowded, and it's hard to social distance. So, so it's just been interesting to watch. Um, people I think panic and also try to interpret it in their best interest and uh, where I personally think we should all just be grateful we can still get out and run because it's not the case in a lot of places we talked last week about our runners in Israel who are limited to 100 meters from their home which has been very interesting Um, and there are some places where you really can't go out and run or ride your bike or get exercise outside and we don't want to lose that privilege so I think if you know to, to every extent possible and it's easy for me to say because I'm a solo runner that runs from my house anyway, so I haven't had to change a lot of my routines. But if we can just run on our own from our houses and not crowd up uh, the trails and the you know the more popular areas, uh, I think we'll be more likely to be able to hold on to this ability.
1: Well said, Lisa. It's not really an opportunity to circumvent orders and look for loopholes. It's an opportunity to read the order and say, how can I not only follow the orders of my particular county, state, um, country, but rather how can I best follow it? So, um, usually I'm all about looking for loopholes. Um, we all are, that's human nature, but in this case, the more we, we follow these orders, the faster, God willing, we'll get out of this situation. And to that end, even running solo, I'm struggling with, um, I, and I don't think it's all intentional, but I just think people walk and run ob- obliviously. So I will be um, on a street, a path wherever I am, and someone will be coming toward me and with their their husband or partner or sister or whatever, you can tell they're part of the same family, but they're not necessarily moving over enough so that we're distant. So I'm finding that I'm having to go into the street a lot more or into the grass. So... What I've done to sort of fix that is I, I'm just running more in a in, hula
0: hoop. <laughs> I'm, <just kidding. laughs> yeah, I'm
1: wearing a hula hoop. No, I've just been running more in um my neighborhood because the streets are now empty, so I'm able to safely run in the street for the most part and just avoid um, paths in general. And your hula hoop references, yesterday our April Fool's joke was we put up something about the latest order and and how it's tough to stay within six feet, and so we recommend that you wear a hula hoop when you run, (laughs) so... I hope everyone knew that was an April Fool's joke, but my daughter said that instead we should have told, we should have phrased the joke that everybody should wear one of those like hamster things that you, bubble ball things that people wear. We have one actually, (laughs) we (laughs) have blown up them in the backyard. That's so funny. Yeah, you have to run inside of that. Yes, you have to run inside of a bubble ball. I think that would be so funny. So anyway, and then Lisa- I've been doing the same thing.
0: I've been running in my neighborhood, but even when I go outside of my neighborhood, which is really also just pretty residential, um, most people have been, have been actually pretty good. I've even seen people walking toward me who will like walk in the grass or walk into the street when they see me coming and, um, you know, say thank you. And, uh, and I've done the same thing, but luckily, and I, I also am going out earlier in the morning, um, and, and just haven't seen as many people so I think it's probably a little easier but that's another reason why I think heading to a trail or a more popular place would be probably stress me out more because of it's narrow and because there are more people so um, yeah so I've been I'm doing the same thing I think running the streets have been pretty empty especially the neighborhood streets as long as you're facing traffic and you know being cognizant of what's going on around you and watching for for any traffic that is out then that's been a, a pretty good option too.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to add another recommendation. I've been reading more this week, and it seems like the six feet thing is a little bit arbitrary and antiquated, and there's been some literature um, from reliable sources, scientific articles indicating that, especially when exercising um, some of the airborne, um, the the virus can get you from farther than six feet. Um, Really? Yeah, so... I wouldn't, I'm not saying you need to run in a mask per se, because that's really hard to do. But um, if you have like a neck gaiter or something, I, I think that it would be wise to, to wear it. And if there's no one around you, you just take it off and wear the neck gaiter, you know, around your neck. But if you have like a scarf or something that you can put over your face, when you happen to approach a lot of people, even within six feet, it can't hurt um I don't think I'm overreacting based on what I've read and um I'm not saying this to alarm people that you shouldn't go out and run it's the best thing you can do but if you cannot avoid populated areas and you're doing your very best but you still feel like sometimes you're coming within six feet of people pretty regularly then wear something that you can put over your face when you pass people
0: yeah i uh, yeah, I mean, I did think six feet sounds arbitrary. So I could thinking, like, well, if I'm five foot 11 inches away, is that going to put me in any more danger than six feet one inch away? <laughs> so I've kind of been uh, wondering about that too. But, um, yeah, so luckily for me, I, I not, not too many people out and the people that I've come across have been very good about, you know, stepping, stepping out of the way. And actually really, really interestingly, I haven't seen anybody wearing headphones lately. Usually that's my, my issues. I come up from behind some, you know, come up from behind and say on your left and they've got headphones on and they don't hear me. And, um, I haven't seen a lot of headphones lately. I don't, I don't know why maybe people are just trying to get out and decompress and have some quiet time, but not as many headphones.
1: Yeah. I actually have been wearing mine, which I don't wear all the time, but, Um, running solo so much I get bored so I I wear aftershocks the bone conduction headphones and I'm sure they've had an uptick in business because (laughs) I can hear everything um, with these they're they're great Um, they're not in my ears and I can hear any ambient noise and I keep um, anything I'm listening to at a pretty low volume anyway but it's just nice to have something to listen to so I listen to a lot of podcasts and right, I know have been listening
0: of- to I know we had a couple questions from people about um you know good yes even like especially non-running related because we listen to a lot of running podcasts but any particular any particularly good podcasts
1: okay so um I'm weird I like all of the Wondery podcasts which they produced the thing about Pam yeah um Dirty John, you know, all those. So yeah. the latest one that came out, um, my friend Jen Schwartz recommended to me that I'm totally into is the dating game. Yes, yes. I I have I have a download. I, I usually listen, used to listen to podcasts in the car, and I
0: haven't been in the car much. So I haven't been listening as much, but I did listen to the first two episodes. It's that's
1: so good. Yeah. 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 So that's very one creepy. and then yeah, I also listen to the New York Times Daily. I feel like they do a really good job, especially um, during this time of distilling everything. Today's episode was an interview of the man, the legend, Dr. Fauci himself. Oh, it's I haven't seen that one really, yet. Really, really well done. Dr. Fauci is very, I mean, very straightforward, very non-political, just straightforward information. I found him I find him to be very comforting. So I really appreciated that. So I listen to daily almost every day. Um, so that's my go-to. And then I also, um, sometimes I'll listen to um, running podcasts. Right now, I'm, I'm finding them to be not as great of a distraction as I used to. I think partially because we don't have races. So it's hard for me to sort of hone into um, finding people or listening to people's stories right now because they're not in real time necessarily. Um, we're a running podcast, so I I don't mean at all to say that we're not in that space. Um, But I feel like running podcasts that I personally like to listen to right now are stories that I can relate to right now. So if For example, if someone were to interview Des Linden and her ability to sort of take the situation and frame it into her own running, you bet I would listen to it because I think she's a really um, motivating person who recognizes that running is so much more about races. So I'm still interested in those human interest stories, but as far as listening to podcasts on how I can maximize Um, my own um, preparation for Boston right now, for example, that's a little bit hard. And that's why our podcast right now, we've pivoted a little bit. We want to continue to provide content for everyone who's listening because we want everybody to be the best runner they can be right now. But we also recognize that to specifically talk about Boston right now and Boston's been moved to September um, is a little bit much right now. But We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about something that Boston did yesterday that we think is just a class act. Yep. So why don't you share what, what the BAA did yesterday, Lisa?
0: Yeah, the BAA gave all runners who were registered for this year the option for a complete refund, which is um, virtually unheard of in in marathons or races in general, and certainly with the Boston Marathon. And the Boston Marathon's an expensive, expensive <laughs> proposition. Um, hi, Cooper. <laughs> hey, Lisa. <laughs> Cooper joining us today. Buster sitting here looking like, where did that come from? So um, <laughs> anyway, so that was a really, that was a very um, typical of Boston, which BAA always seems to try to do what is right and uh, it, that is not you know a lot of costs are already sunk for any race but particularly Boston that starts preparing for Boston almost a year prior and it's a lot of expenses and um, to offer that is just like you said a, a class act now I, I said I will be there in September but we've talked about this this week and we've talked about it with some of our runners um, you know there's no there's no guarantee that anything will be taking place in September so I, I'm still hopeful but realistic uh, as I, I I, I think that we mentioned, we, we were, um, one thing we did this week, uh, was have a zoom call with our virtual coaching clients, which was so awesome because we had runners from China and California and Canada and everywhere, um, on our, on our call. And it was really neat. And that, that topic came up of, you know, how are people, what are people planning for? What are we looking forward to? And my response was, I, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, Oh, boston and i've got it on my calendar and you know we're going to be back to racing in in the fall and looking at you know races that are in the summer and the more this goes on the more i've realized i I have to look at each day as it comes and not um get anything set in my head uh for for a particular race so even boston even though i indicated that i will be there in september um i am i'm treating that with uh some skepticism and realism really yeah, I think
1: that's a great point. I'm definitely feeling like I, I'm i loving running right now because I am, I'm back to the basics where I recognize why I run. It is not about racing. It's about, like I talked about last week, it's soothing. It helps my mental state. It obviously helps me physically. Everything is better after a run. So for me, my goals right now are to continue to just build that base, um, build off of what I developed as I trained for Boston, um, recognizing that I can't maintain that same exact level of fitness, but I can maintain a level of fitness that will allow me to resume my training meaningfully once um, races are back, and just getting back to the place where I just really love to run because I get to run, and that's where I am right now. I think the weather helps, and I am just really working on developing a sense of gratitude and zen um, about running so that I never feel during this time disappointed or upset with respect to running. I can feel disappointed or upset with respect to many other things, but I don't want to feel that way about running.
0: A great point, and and a great point to the weather too. I've just you know, uh, have been appreciating having some more mild weather and just being able to go and get out. So, um, yeah, we it goes back to our control the controllables. We can't control when races will be back, but that doesn't change anything about. Are you know what what we're doing it doesn't mean that running is pointless it doesn't mean that we're not progressing it doesn't mean that we're not serving a purpose with our running so um so yeah so I'm, I'm i've kind of come to peace with it and like i said when we had our phone call i said i'm just kind of taking it day by day and i'm not putting any stock in a particular date or a particular race um right now so until we until we have more information and and know what direction this is going, but everything I've read this week, I read a really good article about different timelines, uh, uh, that could, could present themselves for getting back to a quote unquote, normal, some sense of normalcy. And, and the bottom line is, uh, it, there, there is not normalcy as we used to know it for a good, probably year and a half uh, at least, um, in any sense, even in the best case scenario. So, um, so we really can't, you know, can't look forward any more than to what we've got going on today and making today our best day and appreciating what we've got today and being healthy and, and then taking tomorrow when it comes.
1: So I'm going to tell you, you got to listen to the podcast today then with Dr. Fauci, because he has oh, a well. little bit of a better optimistic view than what you just said. Oh, um, good. <laughs> so I, I definitely wouldn't, I, I I'm going to disagree with you with a year and a half. I think that's, that is a little bit more extreme than what Dr. Fauci said today. And because he's my general in this war. I'm going to go with him. Okay. And so definitely listen, he definitely did explain it's going to take a while, but he also definitely understood that our goal as a country is to is to get back to a place where our economy is once again booming and where we are able to function as we always have as a free society. And that is our goal. And so Knowing that the, top, the person at the top of this food chain right now, the person leading the charge, Dr. Fauci, feels this way, it brings me comfort. And while certainly we can't control this virus, we can only control how we respond to it emotionally, obviously not physically either. Um, I love your approach day by day. I also love your approach, our approach about training, which is we are depositing a lot of money into the training bank during this time, and like I said last week, we've never had an opportunity like this as runners collectively to deposit so much into the training bank. So as coaches, I feel really, really privileged to have the opportunity to work with people to do this, and I'm super appreciative of our runners who are sticking with us. When we did that Zoom call the other night, just seeing um, some of our runners on it And it was like a a really nice quorum of people from all over the world. Um, Our runner Leslie from China gave everyone a breakdown as to what she's dealing with now. She's a couple months ahead of us and how things are starting to open again in Shanghai. It was really cool to hear her talk about it. And um, it was just cool to hear everyone's stories from around the country and the world and know that we're in this together and we're all putting miles in the training bank together and We are happy to be part of that as coaches and grateful for the many people who have stuck with us. We don't take it for granted at all.
0: Well said, well said. And I wanted to add in one quick little, speaking of gratitude for our runners and people who listen to the podcast, I had a lot of really... touching and wonderful uh, emails and phone calls and texts and even written letters sent after we talked last week about what I'm going through. And um, I it felt a, so much support. And while there's nothing anyone can do to make it better or change anything, um, just having those kind words and um, that support and knowing people out there and people who had shared experiences that had a lot of really good words of advice. Um, so really appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you, Lisa. I thought it was super courageous of you to put yourself out there last week, and um, I just give you huge props. You're my hero, and I'm really, I just, I just think the world of you, and uh, I know many other people do as well. I'll share in their appreciation and admiration of you. Wow! Well, so, like I said we before, we you. just
0: we do what we got to do, right? To make it's our choice of how we, how we handle things and that's what we can control. So, um, but really nice to have have the support of everybody. So, um, that was, that was great. And I'm super excited for this week to bring one of our friends and fellow, um, runners on our racing team, the Montgomery County Road Runners Club racing team, uh, runners on to speak. Uh, Kelly Redmond is, like I said, a experienced, uh, since she's a child runner, competitive runner, and now, uh, one of the top, coaches in our area for local high school uh, and she's been there for 15 years and Kelly has been a great resource for us as coaches and also Kelly is a a trainer and has worked with a lot of our runners on on strength and has come to our uh, group programs to, to go through some strength runner specific strength exercises with our runners. So we were very excited that she agreed to come on today and talk not only about what she does as a coach and as a, as a trainer, but also how we can help support our teens for those of us who have teens or high school athletes and maybe running related track or cross country or maybe just athletes or even just teens who are kind of feeling cooped up and uh, feeling like they need to, to find some direction now to how we can support them. So I'm excited to have her on and get to talk to her today.
1: Yeah, she was great. I'll just add, she also touched on two things that I would like to explore on the podcast more. And um, we I know we will. And one is um, just um, women and running and um, running into your 40s and 50s. Um, Kelly is in her 50s now. She looks like she's in her 30s, but she touches on someone who's been running all her life. And what she's doing now is so that she can sustain her running um, for decades to come. And she also touched on, Lisa, you mentioned teens and running, um, specifically um, uh, teen girls and and what running looks like for them when they hit puberty and what we can do as parents and coaches to support them to ensure that they um, are running and developing and eating and all the things that they need to do to nourish their minds and bodies during that um, really important time. Yeah,
0: definitely important topics.
1: So Lisa, I hope that you have another great week of pandemic life. I'm leaning into it. I, I gotta say,
0: like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to go back to real life because I'm 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 actually I feel like I'm a I've decided that I'm an extroverted introvert because I really like being at home, and I, I like connecting with people. And I like to. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed the Zoom meetings that we've had, and that I've had with friends, and um, that's been a lot of fun. But I'm kind of liking this. <laughs> kind of liking it right now. It's it's a nice. It's a for now. It's a nice. It's a nice break. So I'm, I'm embracing it and leaning into it, and like I said, taking it a day at a time, and um, just appreciating what we have. Okay, so I'm going to use
1: a phrase that my daughter uses. Yeah. Love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not me. <laughs> you do you. I'm, I'm leaning into it to the best of my ability. And um, I've never gotten more sleep in 16 years since Noah yeah. was born. Yeah. So great. you know, that's a positive. Um, thanks for bringing out all the positives of pandemic life. I'm going to keep that in mind. So yeah. thank you. It's it's what you make it.
0: (laughs) All right, Julie, have a great day and I will
1: talk to you soon. Thanks, Lisa. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Today's guest on the podcast, Kelly Redman, has been the head coach for Wooten High School's track and cross-country program since 2005. Since being at Wooten, Kelly has created one of the top programs in the state, compiling five coach of the year awards, as well as numerous county, regional, and state track and cross country awards. Kelly is also a NASM and IDEA certified personal trainer and fitness instructor. She's spent the last few years developing and implementing fitness programs for adults and kids of all ages and fitness levels through her business, Team, T-E-A-M, Fit. Kelly offers classes out of her house as well as individual training. In addition, Kelly also teaches classes at Anytime Fitness in Kensington, Maryland. Kelly has been a runner for most of her lifetime and competed as a division one track and cross-country runner. She still runs today and was awarded the 2013 Montgomery County Road Runners Club Masters Runner of the Year. Kelly Redmond, welcome to the Run
2: Farther and Faster podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. I feel very honored to to be on here talking to you guys today. Thank you.
0: Well, we're glad to at least get to talk to you. We miss you, and we miss seeing you. Um, for our listeners, Kelly is a fellow runner uh, with us on our Montgomery County Roadrunners Club Uh competitive racing team and uh, also Kelly is a a coach of the of my alma mater uh, Wooten High School cross country and track and field coach Um, so a good friend of ours and somebody we use uh, for uh, as a resource and has always been a great source of information and support for us you've come out and you've coached um, worked through some strength training with our runners in our speed and strength program so we are happy to at least get to talk to you even if we can't see you in person um but why don't you start out and uh, kind of tell us and we know but tell our listeners a little bit about your background your your running career how you got into coaching
2: um and your family and what you do sure um yeah so I actually started running when I was 10 um which was a long time ago, um, and um you know my my mom started running when she i don 't know maybe turned forty or something and 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 did it for to lose some weight, and so we just sort of started doing it as a family and I was running road races in the seventies when it was just this whole new kind of like surge of, of, of things to do. And my brother would run and I would run and my mom would run and my dad would come and, and take pictures. And so it just became this like family thing. So I've been a part of the running community for a long time um, and ran in high school, cross country and track, and then was fortunate to go on to college and run cross country and track at Central Michigan university. Um, you know, and it was just a big passion of mine. Something I've always felt has Changed sort of the trajectory of, trajectory of my life, um, you know. And just it 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 uh, provided me with um, I don't know a work ethic and a sense of sort of um, being able to you know I say this all the time to the athletes I coach, but I learned how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that running throughout my life has helped me in a lot of situations be able to plow through when things weren't always comfortable. So I credit running with a lot and I'm thankful for it. That's for sure. And especially now. Um, So, yeah, so, so, um, so I got into coaching um, after I had kids, after I had my first child and I wasn't, working. Um, I wasn't working full time. I was doing a little bit of work and I just thought this would be something I've always wanted to do. I'd actually coached for a year in Michigan prior to moving out to Maryland and I did really love it. And so um, it just was fortunate enough to find a available opening at Wooten and I've been there, I think it's 15 years now. And um, it's just that, that in itself too, has been just a, a great thing for me. I mean, I, Uh, it's like a family and I feel very, very, very fortunate to have been a part of that community for so long and the people I've met and the, the kids and seeing them grow in their life and, and, and and even the parents that I become good friends with it, it's been a great experience for me. Um, so yeah, so currently I, I, I have two kids, um, both in middle school and, um, I, I coach and then I also um, have a a personal training slash class exercise business where I teach a number of classes out of my house and also. Um, train people individually, as well as I teach some classes at Anytime Fitness in Kensington also. So that was kind of a second career for me. I've always been involved in that. My degree was actually exercise physiology. I worked at Ford Motor Company, used to set up their employees on fitness programs. But then I got out of that and went more into medical sales and pharmaceutical sales. And then, you know, came back around again now for a second time, which has been, it's been great for me and it works for my family. So that's, that's where I am
1: right now. <laughs> well, that was a great summary. Thanks, Kelly. Um, I just want to unpack that. I have a couple questions for you. Um, uh, in particular, I want to ask you, what was your um, event in um, high school and college track? What was your specialty?
2: Well, high school, I pretty much ran everything. Um, I long jumped. I ran the 200. I ran on sprint relays. I ran you know, the 800, I ran cross country. um, And then obviously I got a little bit more specific in, in college and was more, I mean, the 800 is by far my favorite. I love the 800, but you go into college and that's a whole new event. So I, I did run the 800, the 1500, the 3000. um, um, So, you know, you move up a little bit. High school was different. You, you know, if you're somebody that can do, you know, you know, an athletic person, and I was able to get away with doing a lot of different things and didn't really specialize until I got to college. In hindsight, I would have loved to maybe have done the heptathlon or something like that. Um, I just felt like I was one of those people that could do a lot of things, but maybe wasn't great at any of them. So, Um, but all such a good experience for me. I'm so thankful that I, I continued running into college.
1: And did you, after college, did you, um, were you somebody that kept going um, with seamlessly or did you take a break after running for so many years starting in the 70s?
2: So I did actually keep running uh, after college for a couple years fairly competitively. I um, ran in, a, you know, a lot of road races and there was a local group, this is going to sound hilarious, but there was a local group in Michigan, I was living in Michigan at the time that um, was sponsoring some, I I say this very loosely sponsoring, like we got shoes and they paid our entry to races. And, you know, if you want a race, you, you got a jacket and things like that. So very loosely sponsored by a company called, um, um oh my gosh it was a moving company now i'm drawing a blank and i have a coat i have a jacket a running jacket old school running jacket with with the name of this moving company and i cannot believe i'm forgetting it right now but um so i did that for a couple years what's that you
1: can put it in the show notes
2: (laughs) um i i I should take a picture of this jacket it's quite funny actually you know it's old school but so i did that you know for a couple years and and then you know life Happens and um, I won't say I ever completely stopped running, but there was definitely from later in my 20s into even early 30s where I was just sort of, I like to say, like I just kind of kept my toe in the water a little bit, you know, like I just, you know, I, oh, I'm going to go run today. And then I wouldn't run for a little bit. I'd go to the gym. I was just sort of doing, like, you know, I didn't really have a great plan. And I have to say, having kids got me way more structured back to running again. And I just think that, you know, in itself, when you have limited time, you're like, okay, this, I'm going to get this in. So believe me, I had my years of not doing a lot.
0: And Kelly, so, when, did you, when
2: did you start
0: uh, personal training?
2: So uh, again, like, I I mean, I, I grew up in high school, like working at a gym. I mean, this is something I've always liked. And I would, I mean, I was like 16, 17 year old kid, like setting up people on training programs should not have probably been doing that. But, um, and then, you know, like I said, out of college, I, I worked at, I, I worked at Ford motor company and in like literally inside of a plant of a, a plant where they made cars and I, and we had a gym in there and I would teach classes, not, 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 not like aerobic classes, like nutrition type things, stuff like that. And then they would come in, we'd set them up on, Training programs and um, so I, I, I did that for a couple of years until i until I got out of that for a while and then um, gosh <sighs> again once my when my kids were young, I, I got back into doing a little bit out of my home, but it really wasn 't until probably about six or seven years ago that I went more full into doing it, like like really. Developing a schedule and teaching these classes and and getting uh, you know, I had a certification But I got more certifications and then just doing it's just kind of grown from there So I would say over the last six or seven years. It's gotten a lot. I've gotten a lot deeper into it
1: So yeah. um, We're jumping around a little bit before we get more into the personal training because we do have some questions about that I wanted to just go back and ask you I um, how, like, how, what does your running look like now? Because you're someone who you literally have been running um, since you were a child, with the exception of a few breaks, as you mentioned, um, you're somebody that's really um, represents longevity in running. So what what does your running look like now um, given your history and that you've run competitively for many years and how have you modified it in terms of um, as you have gotten older and, and your interests have become more varied with coaching and with personal training and with becoming a mom. Mm -hmm.
2: That's yeah, that's a great question. I um, it's changed for sure. I mean, I'll be honest. I, um, I have to be caught. I mean, I'm 50, so I've been running for 40 years. And we just and, have to say, Kelly looks um, like she's
0: 30. So <laughs>
2: <There's-> <laughs> you know, you yeah, totally this know. is why I'm happy. We're not on video right now, but, um, me too. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's changed. I, I would probably like to run a little bit more than I do, but I have to be cautious. I have dealt with injuries. Um, I'm, I have to be cautious. I really am pretty much sticking to running four days a week. Um, uh, Like, like Lisa, I do teach, I teach, well, she teaches a lot more than I do, but I teach two of the classes I teach are spin classes. So I, and I love it. I love spinning. So that has been a great addition as well. Um, And I'm very, very, very much a believer in the strength part. Um, I am very conscientious of how I'm strengthening my body as I age as a woman, and so that's also a big part of you know what I put time into. So um, it's different. I mean, I would love to say, yeah, I can go out and run six days a week and and really, you know, and do all the track work and the temple runs and the long run. I can't. I have to be cautious, and I I have adapted to that, and I've accepted that, and you know, but I can still go get a good run in and I can do throw in some intervals and do things like that. So, um, I'm just thankful. I'm very thankful to still be running. I really am. Very. Can I talk a little bit more about that. Um, as we age and as a woman that you mentioned, what specifically,
0: what, what do you find has been right, integral or helpful to you as
2: we age? And as a woman of our age, get more specific on that. I mean, I just think, you know, it's, I think in general, keeping or adding strength training is just, it's invaluable. I mean, it can, I believe fully it can extend your running life. Um, I think it's, um, it can um, prevent injuries. And I also think it can help you not lose speed. You know, if you're strong, I mean, you know you got to think about the things that it takes to to run and and you know it's it's hard on your body and you have to do things to strengthen areas of your body your core your glutes your hips um you know everything i i don't i don't discriminate i you need to strengthen and and that's going to maintain a level of it's definitely going to maintain like your your Ability to maintain speed and alleviate potential. I mean, it's not, you know, there's no guarantees in this world, but it definitely helps. And I'm sure Rachel Miller has talked about this too. I mean, just the, you know, if you're strong and your glutes and your hips and, you know, it helps alleviate a lot of lower lower extremity issues and, you know, knees and all sorts of things. So uh, I, I mean, I just really, would love to take every runner and look them in the eye and say, you've got to put the time into this. You really have to. And it doesn't need to be a lot of time. You don't need to spend hours a week doing strength training, but you need to set aside some time to do that. Even if it's three times a week for 20 minutes, just getting something in to, you know, it's just, it's, it's just
1: so valuable. (laughs) It's so valuable. Thank you. Thank you for saying all of that because Um, Everyone needs that reminder, especially now when our schedules aren't as rigid, where our routines are off, where maybe our favorite um, fitness um, opportunities aren't available necessarily. Just that gentle reminder that you just provided, I think, will resonate with many runners. So along those lines, if you can, tell us a couple of key exercises that you think that every runner should implement into their strength training routine.
2: I mean... I find that hard because I find that everyone's at a little bit of a different, uh, level in terms of where they are in with their strength training. Um, I mean, you need to have stabilization, obviously, um, you know, whether it's just simply getting down and doing some type of, uh, a plank or a side plank, you know, those are important, but I, I'm big on doing things, uh, unilaterally, like, one leg exercises, even one arm exercises. When you want one, those things, you know, as, as Rachel has talked about, you know, running as a one leg sport. And, and so if you have imbalances on your, you know, right to left side, and every time you're hitting the ground, you are, you know, one side is stronger or weaker than the other. I mean, a lot can happen. And so, you know, Every time you hit the ground, boom, boom, boom. Your left knee is collapsing in a little bit. My goodness. Over time, that's going to cause a big problem. And also, like when you do things unilaterally, one one side versus the other, um, you know, it it requires a little bit more core work. To you know, if you're if you're doing a shoulder press, for instance, or something with with both arms, like you don't your core doesn't have to work as hard suddenly you're doing you have weight on one side but not the other you're having to your core is working a lot harder your body changes and and running is the same way you know you're doing things one leg at a time and so I love things that are one-sided and then the other. you know where you're working on those things I know that's not really specific but that's that's something that I'm a big believer in
0: yeah, we always talk about running being a single leg sport and how you really got to be strong on and stable on on one leg. So that that's definitely something we, we preach to our, our runners, too. But let me ask you, you had mentioned, you know, you can really now only run four days a week, which is safe. And I think a lot of us kind of feel that way, too. How what are you doing and how are you managing now with um, we don't have many other options and we don't have a gym to go to. I know, you know, I don't have, I have a bike on a trainer, but I don't have a cycle class to teach. I don't have a lot of other options. And a lot of our runners don't have a lot of options for cross training. How are you spreading that out throughout the week? And what are you doing in between running days
2: now for yourself? Well, I feel really fortunate. And I was just telling my husband this too, how fortunate I feel that we do have equipment. I mean, I don't have a treadmill, but, um, but I, I do have actually we have two spin bikes so he and i can get on and do you know do like a little spinning thing so i oh, I, I, I have that class. <laughs> yes and um and i do have because of what i do i do have equipment in the basement and plenty of plenty of different pieces of equipment that i can do to that i can do so i feel really fortunate in that and i know it's a struggle like for others that don't maybe have that ability to cross train I mean, I just, I think people need to take this time, especially runners in particular. And this is the time to work on, you know, if you, if, it's a, if it's a day that maybe you can't go running or something, this is the time to start working in some strength training. I mean, you, you guys have been great with posting some exercises that are very runner specific. Uh, and I think this is the time to start working some of those things in. I mean, do some things out of your comfort zone a little bit. I mean, think old school gym class. I mean, grab a jump rope, you know, like I love stuff like that, you know, and you can make things fun. Like I tell people, hey, first of all, if you feel like you can't jump rope, you you, you work on it a little bit, you'll get it back and and make it into like a quick 20 minute thing where you jump rope for a minute and then you get down and you hold a plank or you get back up and jump again and you get down and you do some pushups, things like that. Like you can, you can, you need very little equipment and get a great workout. I mean, grab a couple cones, grab a few cones, do some lateral work, do some lateral, um, you know, shuffling back and forth. I mean, we're so, our bodies with, as a runner, we are always moving in a forward motion. You know, we need to, We need to work out of that plane. We need to go side to side and backward and forward, you know, go backwards. Do some things like that. Do things that you wouldn't normally do. Grab a few cones or pillows or something and do some little hops, one-leg hops over them. Work on that one-leg strength. I mean, you can – you have to be a little creative, but you can make some things work. You don't need a lot of equipment. And if I – knew that every runner could get down and do like 10 quality push-ups. my heart would be happy, you know, good quality push-ups. They don't take any equipment to do that. So.
1: And I mean, along those lines, I think things like burpees are really good too because you, you incorporate a little bit of strength and a little bit of cardio. And if you can, you know, do sets of those, I feel like that's a great way to do a little bit of cross and strength training at the same time, get your heart rate up yeah. um, and also working on some um, strength.
2: Absolutely. I mean, anything like that. And, and, you know, I know a lot of, uh, I know, because a lot of people have told me they've tried to buy weights and things like that, that those, a lot of places like Amazon, they don't have them in stock right now. But, you know, bands, I mean, I think bands are fantastic. You can go on Amazon and get a pack of different strength bands for 10 bucks and um and and do a lot of different things with that as well and i i you can you can you don't need to invest a lot is my is my point so yeah it's a great piece of advice and that kind
0: of brings us in a little bit of a pivot and transition um you are you know you coach high school athletes and obviously mm-hmm. those high school athletes right now are not getting to do their normal routines and their normal mm-hmm. training with the group. And are, um, you know, I had a, a friend uh, text me this week to say her uh, middle school, we have middle school uh, cross country and track and field, but her middle school track and field athlete was wondering what she could do now that she doesn't have her team workouts and it may not be safe for her to go out by herself and do running workouts by herself. What are you telling your athletes now about, you know, what are they doing? What are they doing about their running? What are they doing about their cross training? When, for those of us who have teens or youth in sports or, you know, particularly in running, but in any kind of sports, what can we be doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is hard. I, we are um, sending out workouts to our athletes. Um, I mean, we have not been told that the season is over and we have to continue to move on as if it isn't. Um, and so we are sending out workouts, weekly workouts for them to follow. They are very much adapted to having to do them not on a track. (laughs) Um, so there's a lot of changes to what I would be doing, um, with them if I was working with them on a daily basis. But, um, you know, they, my, I, I mean, I can speak to my athletes. They do have something to follow. Um, and, um, I would encourage anyone that doesn't have that. I mean, high school in particular to make sure that they're reaching out to their coach to, to have some guidance. I think that's really important. Um, and you know, I, uh, it, it is, it is a unique time. It's a hard time that none of us have ever been through before. So it's, it's hard to really make a lot of suggestions I mean the fortunate thing is is that we are able to get out and run by ourselves and if parents and students are comfortable with that I do encourage it because I think it's doing a lot more than just continuing training for track it's um obviously helping I think mentally and and keeping us giving us some positive endorphins that we all need right now so um And be creative too, you know, if this middle school person, if they, you know, I mean, if if they need to adapt, I mean, if there's stairs in their house, they can run up and down the stairs. If they have a, um, you know, if they live on a street that if if the parents are comfortable with them, at least staying maybe within five houses or something, they can do some, they can do a little like circle runs and do some strides or things like that. Something to keep some leg turnover going. I mean, um, you have to, we all have to adapt.
0: Love that. That's those are great. I love those those uh, recommendations. Stairs and street in front of the house. Those are those are yeah. great.
1: Yeah, those are great suggestions, and I appreciate that. I have I have a high school athlete who um, doesn't do track, but he does cross country. So it's it's a little tricky in the sense that um, he's not necessarily in the middle of his high school sports mm-hmm. season, but at the same time, he wants to go out and run and just kind of do it for sanity, which I appreciate and understand completely. Um, A few of his friends have asked, um, what should I be doing now that school, there's no school, there's not even really any structure to my other sports. Is there anything I should be doing since you're a running coach? What do you suggest? And I mean, I'm not a high school coach like you, but my suggestion to these kids is just, if you feel like you need to expend some energy Get out and do it. Just go by time. Uh Give yourself 20, 30 minutes and do what you can and get fresh air. And just that movement is going to help. And if you feel like going a little longer, a little shorter, that's okay. But just getting out and having a goal, even just four days a week, Uh um, I think is helpful. And to that end, in my opinion, rollerblading, cycling, those are all like forward movement, soothing activities for kids, no matter what the age so uh, i mean i I
2: agree with you, I think you know it's kind of the time you know, especially someone like your son who's not specifically training for you know he's looking ahead more to cross country I mean just getting out and sort of enjoying the the run, just kind of enjoying it, not having a set plan just getting out and and using it for what it is and and that's just getting some exercise and getting out in the, in the sunshine fortunately we've had some decent weather and using it as a little bit of a release and a, an opportunity to like leave our house you know and so i just think kind of just taking a step back and just enjoying what it it is and we're just we don't have to always be training for something
1: exactly and and as Lisa and I talked about a lot last week, this isn't really about training for anything right now. It's about how we can best live, how we can live our best pandemic life yes, yes. And, and, and care and, and care for ourselves and care for our families.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and if you go a few days and you don't get a run and don't, I mean, that's fine too. Just yeah. like- Just doing what, I mean, like we talked about before the show started, just we're each trying to get through every day. And, 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 and if that means you get a run in that day, that's fantastic and great. I hope you feel great for getting it in. And if, if you don't, that's fine too. You know, it just, we're just all trying to get through this healthy and, and maintain a level, some level of normalcy. It's
1: hard. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, Along those lines, since we already are talking about a little bit about high school athletics, um, let's suspend that we're in a pandemic right now, and let's let's talk about um, a regular season for a little bit, sure. because you've been coaching for a really long time, um, and you coach a, a team. I mean, we you you don't just coach a regular team like you coach a team that has produced a number of phenomenal high school athletes who have gone on to college careers. And those who are the most successful, can you share with those who are listening who are um, parents, what characteristics have you seen um, shared among those athletes that has helped them become as successful as they were in high school and maybe college as well?
2: Well, I think, you know, there is... A certain level of dedication that comes with someone that is going to be successful i mean you can't just sort of do running you know as we all know like um it has to be something that you buy into and i mean that in a good way um, um these kids generally that have ended up being the most successful have dedicated themselves to the sport within reason. I mean, they're also high school kids and they're generally really well-rounded kids. So I don't want to say that it's, it's all or nothing cause it's not, but there has to be a level of dedication that you're putting into it and you take it serious. I mean, one of the biggest things that I try to have kids do, which I think is helpful is to really take ownership of their own training so that they're not just looking at a piece of paper or if it's in the summer or just, doing what I say during practices or whatever, that they have a general understanding of what we're doing, why and why we're doing it. And I feel like the kids that have, have taken more ownership of their training, um, and understand what they're doing and understand what we're trying to accomplish. Those are the ones that sort of are able to delve deeper into it. Um, they became, they become more of a student of the sport and they're just sort of more involved in it. And um, you got to sort of take that step. You know, I've, I, one of the neat things for me is having seen kids that are sort of just playing around with running. I'll say, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're part of the team, but they're, you can just tell they're not all in. They're just sort of doing things to the level that, is comfortable for them. And then I've seen, and this has happened a number of times and I can't tell you how good it feels as a coach. Then you see this shift and it might happen like the sophomore year or junior year or something. You just see a shift and suddenly they've, they've made a decision to be a difference maker. And I say that truly because they're ultimately helping their team, but they've just, they've made a conscious decision. Hey, I'm going to see what I can do if I really put effort towards this and when I see that shift, and sometimes it happens with kids immediately when they start high school, sometimes it sometimes it doesn't happen at all. And sometimes it happens midway through. But you see then that then they're really actually starting to reach their potential. And they've they've become more of a student of the sport. They they're they're dedicated, they do the workouts how exactly how they're supposed to, they understand why they're doing the workouts, and then they do the extras, you know, they get the they 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 consider their sleep. They think about their nutrition. They make sure that they're doing their stretching and their strength training. I mean, they 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 don't skimp and and they start doing all those things. And then suddenly they start to feel, wow, I'm seeing some results from this. And as we all know, as runners, that just, it's like a snowball effect. You know, you see, you see some progress and wow, I want to see some more progress. And and then it just becomes this great thing. Um, And, and I, so I just think that sometimes it takes time with kids and sometimes, you know, kids are just built like that from the start. So it just, it, it does depend, but I do think there's a certain ingredients you you need to know or they need to have in order to to really be able to move to the next level sounds a lot like
1: successful runners in general
2: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Kelly how can
0: parents of kids help facilitate that how is there you know I think there's a fine line between parents pushing their kids to do something and parents uh teaching their kids the skills they need to be successful in whether it's track and field or cross country or whatever sport they do. What, how have you seen, what have you seen that's worked for parents, both in your own parenting of your own kids who are also athletes and, and the parents of the
2: successful kids on your team? What, what works? I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it really, there is that fine line because you, I mean, I think the parents that have, of kids that have been successful. I mean, they've been very supportive of the program. Um, they've been very supportive of their kids and they make sure that they're involved and they're at their events and they're, there cheering for them. And, you know, so that, that's, that's huge. Um, and I think that they're, it's a, you, you, don't, you don't want a parent that's gonna be overly pushy about it. It's gotta really come from within. I mean, it really does have to come from within. I think the parents need to sort of allow them to be able to find those things. They need to be supportive of what they're doing. They need to show interest in what they're doing and maybe try to understand it. Not all parents of athletes are runners, so maybe they don't even understand times and all that. Um, so I think if they show interest, And they, um, you know, provide them with the things they need, you know, making sure that they're, you know, like making sure that they eat breakfast. (laughs) I know like things like that are, seems so simple, but you know, you can't send a kid out the door and not having eaten breakfast and then expect them to go run a hard workout and, and having things that are in the house that are healthy that they can take for lunch and, but also letting them, letting them. Letting their kids take again some ownership of, of, of it all and making sure that you're giving them the opportunity to be able to do the things they need to do, but making sure that they are the ones that you don't want to make them hate the sport and oh, did you get your run in today? I mean, show interest, but you know, it's just again that fine line. Um, but also, it, I think two things. One, having a general understanding of, of the progress of running, you know, I've had, I think I had someone say to me once, you know, my kid needs to get faster. And I said, your kid has gotten a lot faster. Like if, if you look at the progress of where they were to where they are now, whereas sometimes I think parents think, well, but they're not, they're not all the way over where I think they should be right now yeah well you can't just jump there you have to like acknowledge the progress that they've made and realizing that they are really moving forward and sort of celebrating that with them um I think is important and 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 knowing that it takes time it absolutely takes time it's 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 all like climbing stairs you know you got to take one at a time so I think there's that part of it um but also letting your kids suffer a little bit, too. I think that's a big learning thing. I mean, this is a hard sport. And quite frankly, life can be hard. And sort of letting them suffer and figuring out how to, how to suffer and be okay. I think that's really important, too. I, um, I'm a big believer in, like, letting, letting the kids have to, like, sort of deal with pain sometimes. Developing grit. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I yes. mean, res-
1: resiliency goes a long way and, and running in general and the, the agony of of being uncomfortable in those races is, is often what builds that resiliency, like you mentioned earlier. And um, along those lines with respect to parents, what do you tell parents of girls who are struggling with um, maybe entering a high school um, cross country or track season track year with a different body? than what they're leaving. In other words, a lot of these kids go through puberty, um, girls and boys, but I, I specifically am focusing on girls because, um, it's natural a lot of times during puberty for girls to temporarily slow. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that young girls are lucky to have you as a coach on the Wooten team because you of all people understand that firsthand where sometimes other coaches, um, and I hate to generalize, but I'll say it: male high school coaches may not understand it as much. So,
2: yeah,
1: talk to us about how we can support our daughters or other girls—not our daughters—who we we want to see succeed as coaches and as parents um, during that transition.
2: Yeah, I mean it's hard, and we've you know seen that at times over the years that change in and in, in body type, and you know, like you mentioned, boys tend to just get stronger as they get older and, 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 and girls do too. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it can be different. And so, you know, I think, you know, I'm a big believer that if you just stick with it during these times, um, they can come out stronger and better. It's like putting money in the bank almost, you know, if you just keep working, if you just keep moving forward and doing the things and maybe you have to ad- adapt sometimes some of the workouts the training group that they're training with anything you know like you kind of have to adapt but like hey we're going to work through this together um and you're going to come out better than you were before because you're still doing the work you're you're making those deposits into the bank and then you're going to you're going to be able to cash in and you have to just kind of create a positive environment that hey this stinks but you know what you're going to be better off Uh, In the long run, once we get through all this and, um, and, and sort of taking the, you know, running is very focused on, on times, obviously, but, you know, maybe reevaluating, okay, this is where I am now which isn't exactly where I was a year or a year and a half ago, but this is where I am now. And what we're going to do is we're going to work on where you are now and kind of, and keep trying to move forward from there and keep putting the work in and it will pay off. So it's just, it's readjusting some goals at times. It's keeping them positive, knowing that they're doing the right thing, knowing that they're, that this will pay off, that, that things, absolutely can come back around, but they just can't, they can't quit. You got to stick with it. This is hard. There's going to be hard things that you, you know, that you come in 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 your life and you, you have to, you know, you just can't give up. And so I think, you know, just kind of having that attitude and, and reinforcing that what they're doing is they're doing great and we're moving forward and that's all it is. Just let's keep moving forward. And so, you know, just sort of reinforcing
1: that. Love it. And what do you say about nutrition in general and and those who are moving forward, but maybe feeling like they need to somehow, you know, cut calories a little bit because their bodies are changing?
2: Yeah, I, um, you know, I do try to bring in a nutritionist to talk to our team because I feel, you know, I I don't have that schooling. Um, I... I like to talk about, and this maybe goes to a little bit more of the personal training, but I like to talk about being strong and let's the focus on getting you strong. And, and, and it's like, I prefer strong over skinny is what I'm, yeah. making, you know, like I, but, you know, obviously I do try to talk about, um, making healthy choices, of course. And, but I, I, I also talk about not cutting things out that your body needs. I mean, as runners, we need carbohydrates. And so this whole, you know, low carb, no carb thing scares me sometimes. Like we, we need that fuel. And so we do talk about, you know, just eating the healthy choices and the things that you can make healthy. And I talk, especially I talk about breakfast because I'm always shocked to hear what some kids are eating for breakfast. And so I talk about, you know, taking note of the sugar content of things. Um, that's, a big one for me. And so we talk about especially cereals and things like that and, um, and thing and making sure that you're getting some protein in as well. Um, throughout the day that you're not just eating a bunch of simple carbohydrates throughout the day and expect to make it through a hard workout. And so you know, eating whole foods, eating lots of fruits and vegetables I talk about. And, and we do try, I do also ask them to bring something to eat that has a, you know, some carbon protein, um, good content that they can eat, you know, as they're stretching when they're done running as well. So, um, but again, like I said, I do like to try to bring in a nutritionist and I have over the years brought one in to talk to, to get a little bit more specific, Uh, about that with the kids great great
0: tips for anybody too so you're eating good breakfast you're feeling well throughout the day you're (laughs) feeling after you run all great tips all right well let's move on let's um you know we're going to wrap it up we've so appreciated you being here and talking to us about so many different um, aspects of what's going on now and just training in general and training for, for youth and our high school athletes. Um, but tell us, you're right now in our current situation <laughs> doing something yeah, I think yeah. is awesome. You are doing online uh, live Zoom uh, workouts um, and you have a ton of people coming to them. I saw the signups. It looked like, you know, 40, 50 people that have signed up and that are coming. And obviously there's a huge demand for this now. And you have such a great um, just you're, you're great. You've got a great rapport with your, the people you train and their friends and their networks, and you've got such a great, um, energy yourself. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing, how it's working. And so our listeners, cause anybody from anywhere in the world can join in,
2: right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, comp- I just preface this, but this is completely out of my comfort zone. I, you know, I've had people over the years Asked me, you know, will you do some videos? I no, I will not do videos. I just I Mean, it's just not something that I ever thought I I would do um, but you know n- Desperate times and you have to adapt and so um, I definitely didn't want to just stop what we've been doing with you know the I've been working with these people all year and all of a sudden we're just nothing overnight and so I mean, thank God for Zoom. I think everybody knows what Zoom is now, either their kids are on it or you're on it with work calls or whatever. But um it has worked out. I mean, honestly, this is only my second week of doing them, and it has worked out i I'm this week i'm I'm just i, I I'm kind of playing with it a little bit because I'm not sure. I have three classes this week. I had two I call it Core plus. Because it's it's kind of a full body workout, um, but there's a definite emphasis on the core, and um, it's only thirty minutes. It's completely low impact. I don't do anything that any high impact with that at all, and um, and I but I do try to keep it fairly quick you know, fast paced to still get the heart rate up a little bit, but just no jumping, nothing at all, no high impact. And then I am doing one hit class, which is a high intensity interval training. Now that one will have uh, more high impact exercises. However, everything can be um, modified. I try to always offer modifications. So even if someone doesn't want to do squat jumps or something, uh, half the time I don't want to do squat jumps. <laughs> um, but you can, everything can be modified. So, um, it it um, so those are the three classes that I have this week. I'll definitely do those three next week again, and I don't know if I'm gonna add. I may add other times. This is also very new, but so far, the reception's been good. um I just keep my fingers crossed that zoom keeps working, and we don't crash <laughs> because everybody's on it, but um, yeah, so far, so good, I just have people sign up and and um i'm I am charging five dollars a class, and um that's a bargain
0: that's a huge bargain,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I would love to offer for free but so many things have happened right now i have to keep a little bit of income coming in but i am trying to
1: um don't don't feel wait a minute let's go back for one second i just want to pivot for a minute no one should feel badly about charging for a service i feel like there's this sort of assumption that um so many people whose gym fitness you know fitness entities have closed that suddenly they have to provide their fitness services for free because it's on a different platform. And no, absolutely not because it's a value. And it also, I think makes people a little bit committed when you have to pay something, you're going to show up for the class versus versus it being free. So props to you for charging and for charging what I think is very little but also that, that allows you to hold people accountable and it also shows that you are providing a value. So don't go well, back.
2: Well, thank you for saying that. I, I do. Um, I appreciate that. And I do, I, I do, I do know that it helps people set a time. Hey, I have to, I'm showing up for this. I signed up for this and it is making people accountable and I, and people have told me that. So I am, I am thankful for that. I do miss the connection with people. I do try to take time during the video to go over and, and watch the people work out so I can, you know, maybe call someone's name or, and some people don't even want their video on there and that's fine too. But I I do try to personalize it a little bit. And, uh, you know, you just want to make sure that you're providing, um, you know, when you're used to being one-on-one or or with a group in front and you can go and you can adjust people with their form and stuff. and, And then suddenly that's taken away. You, you do feel, like, it's not exactly the same. But I think, again, under the circumstances, I'm really happy with how well it's worked out at this point. And we'll, we'll put this in the show notes, but tell people how can they find your schedules? How can they sign up? So um, I, That's the easiest I'm way. Not tech- <laughs> I'm not very techy at all. But I have, so on my, I do have a team, it's, I have a team fit, team, T-E-A-M with a dot after each letter and then underscore fit, Instagram. And it's in the bio there, the, the link to sign up. Um, I also have a team fit Facebook page, um, which it's, it's also on there, the link to sign up. And also anyone could email me it, um, as well. And I'd be happy to provide the information. So, um, I, this is, you know, this is, this is me learning to be uncomfortable, being, being comfortable, being uncomfortable with all this techie and the video stuff. So, you know, Looking for the silver lining. This is a silver lining and this. Well,
0: we're stuff. glad we're glad you're doing because you know We've actually asked you before told you we'd love for you to do something like this with us But for our runners and you've always been so busy, which you know, obviously and we respect that and you you are busy But we're all a little less busy right now So yes, we're definitely. glad that it's given you the opportunity to see that you're really good at this and that um, You know, maybe make it into something uh, that you can continue even after we're hopefully in the near future we're not so distant future back in front of our groups and with our classes. Um, but I, I think it's it's been great and it's a great resource for us and for our runners and, and you have always been that for us. So we appreciate it and we will certainly put that in the show notes. We encourage people to check it out and sign up because like you said, you're accountable then. You've actually signed up for a class you've paid, which what we think is I a very know. small amount, but you've still paid, you've signed up, you put it on your calendar. And then you get to be, if you want to be on a video, you can, but you get to see you live and really be in what we have right now is the next best thing to to an actual class. So we hope people take advantage of that. So thank you Kelly so much for spending time with us. We miss you. We can't wait to see you and run with you and um, be in person together, but thank you so much for all your time today and for sharing everything and for doing what you're doing. And like I said, I'm going to hop on, hop in a class at some point, hopefully as soon as get my kids set up and running with school, but um, really, both of us really appreciate everything you're doing.
2: Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. This was been this is great. So I really appreciate uh, you inviting me on today. I admire you guys a lot. So thank you so much. The feeling you, is Kay. mutual. Thank you, thank Kelly. You. Thank you. Bye. Bye.